receive once again his word in due season. Glory be to God. Hold up your Bible and say it out loud. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I do what it tells me to do. And I love my Bible. So I make this as a confession. And I will meditate therein. Both day and night. On a chapter in the morning. And a chapter in the evening. And because I do. My life is blessed. It's no more a mess. Now everything I touch. Everything I touch will turn to success. If you believe that, shout amen. Amen. You may be seated. Glory to God. Glad to see you all here today. So I've got about 25 minutes and I need about 35. Glory to God. And then on top of that, I want to sing some more at the end. I want to worship God a little bit. Oh, we want to dismiss the youth today. Amen. Um, Put your hands together for all of our teenagers going out with Pastor Carol. Amen. Come on, put your hands together. Let's bless them. Thank you, Lord, for all of our teenagers. Amen. Glory to God. All right, let's start in Numbers chapter 13 and see how far we can get. If I I don't get it all out, will you all come back? At least most of us, amen. Amen. We'll come on back and we'll pick it up next week. But I... I want to keep going in this series on the king and the outlaw, and I want to pick up where I left off. Numbers chapter 13, verse 26, it says this. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land in the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites, they dwell in the mountains. The Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession. Somebody say, take possession. For we are well able to overcome it. Last week, the title was Control and Possess, and we've been in a series talking about the king and the outlaw, and we're at that place where we've turned a corner. We've been given a mandate by the Lord to occupy here on planet Earth until he comes back the second time. When we ask the question, why are churches, why was a church last week in Nigeria, why did somebody go in there and do all that shooting and murder those people? We were reading our chapters, and the other week it said Jesus brought it up. He said, you know, there were some people that came into the, uh, there were some people that came into a temple to worship, and Herod had them killed, mingled their blood with the sacrifices that they were offering to God. And Jesus brought it up. 
And he made comment about it. And then he went on to recount that there were a, a group of people that were out by a certain tower. And the tower, 18 people died in this accident, kind of like a, just a weird situation. And Jesus brought it up. And he spoke about it and he dealt with it. Glory to God. We are living in dangerous times and we need to understand why things are the way they are. We recognize that the enemy is here. He is allowed to be here. His time is short. Amen. But we've been given a mandate to occupy. We, we are now involved in a military occupation. It's when a, com- a country, a nation, goes into a foreign place that's, you know, being attacked by an enemy. They go in to establish military control and, and possession. They go in to control it and possess it because it's a hostile territory. Bad things are happening there, and they're coming in to do something about it. Jesus left you and I here to do something about what's going on. There are outlaws, spiritual outlaws, roaming the planet, causing these bad things to happen. But you and I are the military police left by the Almighty God to control and possess the world around us. And so we, 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 we left off challenging you from the Word of God to take possession of what belongs to you. The problem with that is if somebody else has it right now. The, the, the problem with that is if somebody else is living in it right now. Or if somebody, if somebody else is controlling it right now, God says, I want you to go in and I want you to control it. And so I want to use, or the Lord wants to use this story from the book of Numbers as a perfect illustration to show us where we are today. The children of Israel were promised through Abraham, the land of Canaan. Times got tough in a famine, and they went down into Egypt, and they stayed for over 400 years. Moses was sent by God to deliver them, and that God then would give them the land that he had promised. You and I are like the children of Israel. We are the children of God today. And according to 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 3, the Bible says, By His divine power, He has given unto us all things that pertain to life through knowledge and through virtue. God right now has given you everything you'll ever need that pertains to life. Does money pertain to life? Does healing, physical healing pertain to life? Relationships, you name it. God, by, oh, glory to God, just get so excited about Second Peter chapter 1 and verse number 3. It says, he has already given unto us all things that pertain to life. Amen. Say it out loud, it's already done. You're believing for work, you're believing for a job, you're believing for a position, you're believing for promotion, you've got some financial obstacle, you're believing for a spouse, you're believing for healing. We know that the enemy is involved, hindering things that belong to you from getting to you, but you've got to know that you know that it's already done. That you're not going to God to get something that you don't have. You're standing in front of God taking possession of what he's already given you. So in the heart and in the mind of God, this land already belongs to the children of Israel. 
to God, he has already given it unto them. But the Jebusites are living in it. The Canaanites are living in it. The Shittites are living in it. The Amorites are living in it. You name it. And the Amalekites, the the sons of the giants, there are giants in the land. The title of the message today is Be Not Afraid of the Giants. Be not afraid of the giants that are living in your land. It belongs to you. You're not waiting on God. God is waiting on you to take possession of it. And we have to learn how to do that, okay? So the children of Israel were sent by God. God told Moses, I want you to get some folks, and I want you to spy out the land and bring back a report. And so the children of Israel, they, they got out 12 folks, and they sent them to go spot out them. They were gone for a long period of time. They said when they came back, they were carrying grapes, clusters of grapes through by two poles. The grapes were just, I mean, it was just abundant land. It was a, it was a land, it, it is, a land that flows with milk and with honey. But when they brought back this report, they were like, it's a good land. <laughs> Y'all gotta help me today. But there are occupants in the land. There's folks living in there. They only need listed out the number of folks. And especially, and it got to the point where they were basically saying that they're not able to go up against it. But Caleb quieted the people, verse 30. And he said, let us go up at once and take possession of it, for we are well able to overcome it. Now keep reading. Verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which he espied out, saying that the land through which we have gone to espies is a land that devours the inhabitants of it. And on the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. These are some big dudes. Come on. (laughs) Then we saw, not only are they big guys, then we saw the giants, you know, like David and Goliath. Yeah, that was the Philistines in the land of Canaan. And they were the sons of Anak. They were giants that walked on this planet. Uh, He was like nine foot, six inches tall. Weighed like 400 pounds. I mean, just a massive dude. And that was just one. He had brothers. One of his brothers had six fingers on both hands. Like, how are you today? (laughs) That'd be a scary dude, right? You're going up against giants. And in context, what I need you to get a hold of, you don't see your enemies. You don't see these fallen angels that are now the devil's demons and evil spirits that are behind the scenes controlling things and possessing things, not that are legally theirs, but that are legally yours. And you could respond like they responded, that they, these evil spirits, are stronger than us. They are mightier than us. And you could almost be afraid in that same regard. So I want to pick up from this place 
as we challenged you to take possession of what you don't have yet manifested. The problem with that is that the spiritual outlaws in the world are in possession of some of the money and things that God has given to us. The question is, are you afraid of the giants that are in your land? The whole series actually is designed to de-emphasize and belittle the devil and the perception of his powers and abilities that are, that are against you. The reason why we took time to just break it down, he is not the God of this world. Um, I like Marvel movies. Actually, my wife and I, we both like Marvel movies. Now, don't judge me now. Now, hold on now. Don't judge me now. now what is the pastor doing watching them Marvel movies? Amen. Well, if you're concerned about that, pray for me as I pray for you. Amen. <laughs> what you, you know. <laughs> and uh, Thor, uh, you know, he, he's supposed to be the god of Ragnarok, I think, or he's some, you know, Thor's, you know, the god of lightning or bold. What? How many of y'all know through this series, from the word of God, there's no other god besides God? And what, and what Paul actually broke down, you know, there, there are not a bunch and a, a plethora of gods, you know. No, there are actually demon spirits disguising as deity, but are no God at all. Okay. And so this movie is about to come out about Paul clearly tells us Satan is not the God of this world. And we took time to look at it. He is simply a fallen angel. There's one verse of scripture says that in the end, when all of this is said and done, before the devil is cast into the, the lake of fire forever and ever, he is going to be exposed to the nations. And we are going to look narrowly upon them. And literally this question is going to be asked, is this the one that did shake the world and weaken the nations? Do you all hear the, the context of that? They're going to look narrowly upon him. This entire series is, the, is designed not to scare you, not to make you afraid of the devil and the demons and evil spirits, but to show you you were made a little lower than God and even angels will be judged by humans in the end of time. That's what the scripture says. We will judge angels. It's to diminish to belittle, to de-emphasize the authority of the devil. He was stripped of all, all authority. The only power that he has right now is deception and influence. So the whole series is designed for that. My assignment today is to declare to you by God, don't be afraid of the giants. There's some real giants knocking at your door. There's financial pressure that's in the land, and the enemy is the one that's behind it. You need to see that the enemy behind it is a defeated foe. There's some serious thing going on in folks' relationships, and you need to recognize that all we wrestle not with flesh and blood. It's not your wife. It's not your husband. It's not your future spouse that's the issue. No, there's an evil. Oh, come on, church. There's an evil spirit at work in the world arrayed against you to keep you from walking in the abundant life. 
And you cannot be afraid of the giants that are in your land. You need to stare financial insufficiency in its face and be able to command it to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. You need to be able to stare the symptoms of cancer, the symptoms of lumps and tumors and warts. You need to be able to stand the diagnosis of diabetes. You need to be able to stare uh, sickle cell in the face and say that by the name of Jesus, Jesus, bow, and that thing bow, as it is said. Not be afraid. Glory to God. That's my alarm to stop. (laughs) All right, let's keep going. (laughs) Numbers chapter 33, verse 52. God says to them, this is shortly after they brought back Numbers 13. Now we're over in Numbers 33. God tells him, Moses tells him, he says, then you shall drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you. Destroy all their engraved stones and destroy all their molded images and demolish all their high places. This is what God is saying to us. We shall surely drive out the inhabitants of the land. Say it out loud. I shall surely drive out the inhabitants. Of what belongs to me. That's what he told them before they even went into the land. He told them in advance. And God is telling to you today, drive out the inhabitants. If you don't have it and you know that God has promised it to you, it's the enemy that's been controlling and trying to possess it. But now God is saying, I want you to occupy until I come. We've received this divine mandate. And now it's time for you to go and take what belongs to you. In the name of Jesus. These are our marching orders. To control and possess. But in taking possession, the challenge is not when it's empty and clean. You know, if there's a house and, you know, you believe God. If somebody, if it's empty and ready to be occupied, that's great. Especially in the market today. It's hard to find places, so forth and so on. Hey, it's easy when it's empty and clean. But what if somebody is living in it? What if somebody is driving it? Now, you're not just talking about a possession. You're talking about a repossession. <laughs> Do you all watch, uh, you know, like uh, the repo man on, on uh, those channels on the cable? And, and just watch people get their stuff repossessed, you know? I'm not saying you've ever had anything repossessed. Amen. <laughs> But that is exactly what needs to be taking place. Now, I mean, if, if it, it, you know, it's like, hey, hey, knock, 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 we're coming to get our car. <laughs> oh, no, it don't work like this. They don't work like that in Detroit. And I'm sure it don't work like that in Houston. Come on, somebody. You can find it if you can. <laughs> hey, 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 let me park my car at your house for <laughs> No, man, I mean, no, the, the folks that are outlaws got something they ain't supposed to have. They're doing everything they can to hide from the authorities, hide from, and you're trying to keep that. That's the, that, that's the imbalance here. There is somebody, not, there, there's an evil force that's keeping you from what you have, and God is telling you to take possession of it, and I'm telling you now, don't be afraid of the giants that may have your stuff. 
Glory to God. Let me show you what will happen if you are afraid. Verse 55 of the same chapter, he says, But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall be that those whom you let, you let, you let remain, shall be irritants in your eyes, thorns in your side, and they shall harass you in the land uh, that you dwell. That means you can see them and it just bothers you to see them. I don't know, if you ever, you ever you know, saw somebody and it just bothered you to see them? I'm not looking at nobody. I'm kind of looking up, you know. You know, you know what I mean? Somebody just irritates. And then sometimes you'll be some places and, you know, let's say there's, you know, it, it, it happens with me. I'm looking forward someday to living in greater levels of wealth and increase. There's certain things in this life I haven't experienced yet that I believe actually belong to me. I believe God intends for me to be rich. Somebody say, me too. How about you, right? And so every now and then I'm around a rich person and it just, certain things just kind of irritate me. Come on, somebody. I'm checking my account, looking at such and such. This guy sitting across in the plane, across the seat in the plane and he's got his little app open and there's at least six, at least, come on, come on, somebody. There's at least six figures. So I can't see everything, but it's like, dang. I used to work as a bank teller, you know, a long time ago, man. And some people's accounts are just f- full and fluffy, you know. You over there checking your account, you know. God said, if you don't drive them out, it's going to bother you. And he says, you, that you let remain. Somebody say, you let remain. He said, any of the inhabitants that you let. It's not that God, God says, you're the one that's going to drive them out. Because I've already given it to you. To speed this up, turn with me to Joshua chapter 1. Why would you not drive out the inhabitants? God says this is yours. God says you can have it. God says I've provided, I've given it to you. Why wouldn't you drive out the inhabitants? It's yours. But you won't put them out. Why? Fear. Being afraid, right? Now, in Joshua chapter 1, let's look at verse 6 through 9. God tells them, now, this is, the, this is the children of Israel now coming out of Egypt, going into the promised land. Listen to what God tells him. In verse 6, he says, be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land, which I swore to your fathers to give you. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it from the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Verse number nine. Have I not commanded you? This is a commandment to what? Be strong and of good courage. When you leave church today, you should be strong and of good courage. He said, be not afraid. Do not be afraid nor dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Listen, baby, somebody else might be in it. A giant might be in it. Somebody else might be in the position that God created just for you. But I'm here to tell you, no man can possess. 
Bible said, when God has given it to you, be strong and very courageous. Don't be afraid because God is with you. When you go knocking on that door to talk to him about that position, God is with you. Glory to God. When you go knocking on that door talking about that, that real estate, God is with you. When they close the door and they act like they came here, God is with you. But you can't be afraid. You can't be afraid that it's never going to happen. That I'm never going to meet or marry the person of my dreams. That we're never going to be able to have a child. That we're never going to be able to have a home. That we're never going to be able to live debt free. That we're never going to be able to have our own building. That we're never going to... You cannot be afraid. you got to be courageous. And if you don't have anybody to encourage you, encourage yourself in the Lord your God. That God is on my side. God is with me wherever I go. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. So I can boldly say the Lord is my helper. He told Joshua before. Now there are there are walled cities. You know, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. Jericho, right? That was a walled city. It was shut up straightly. Nobody could get out or nobody could get in. And God told Joshua in chapter 6 and verse 1 and 2, he said, see, I've given you the city. Like, God, are you tripping? No, this first of all, it's a walled city. And God is like, see, I've already given it to you. Past tense. It's like, God, what you see, I don't see. Come on, he sees it in the realm of the Spirit. And that's where you got to get it down here. You can't look at the circumstances of what's going on around you. You've got to see it. And then you've got to take it. You literally got to fight the battle. I'm going to talk about that next week. You've actually got to fight the battle of Jericho. God told him, go in. Don't be afraid. And that's my whole message. Be not afraid of the giants. You know, to, for a young church, I still think we're a young church, to believe God for facilities debt-free, that's not the norm. That's a giant. Where are you going to get that money from? Where are you going to get the land from? Who are you, Faith Family Church? And there are giants that are arrayed against us. But we are more than able. As the pastor of Faith Family, I'm saying let us go up there once. We are well able to overcome it. I close... In about four or five passages of scripture. (laughs) John chapter 14 verse 27. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world do I give to you. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. There have been some serious things that have come against my body. I, I feel like I'm a living, breathing, walking miracle. I've got a doctor's report, I think it was two years ago, of something that was going on in my body. But by faith, I believe I'm standing before you completely and totally healed. And I remind myself and the devil, demons, and evil spirits that I'm healed from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. Not as the world give, I give unto you. 
Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Don't be afraid that this situation for my family members is not going to turn around. No, it is going to turn around. I've spoken. The devil had to loose them and let them go. Hallelujah. That, that's my family. That's my son. That's my daughter. Come on. That's my mother. That's my father. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you. First Peter says the same. But and if you suffer for righteousness sake, if you go through something for the sake of being saved, you're blessed. But he tells you, don't be afraid of the terror. Going up against satanic forces could be pretty fearsome. Pretty, I mean, these are wicked, evil entities. But God says, don't be afraid of the terror. Neither be troubled. Yeah, Pastor Stan, but this is the devil that we are up against. <laughs> yeah, but the devil is defeated. God is exalted. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 9, it says, Therefore, God has highly exalted Jesus and given him the name which is above every name. <laughs> that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, of those on the earth, and of those under the earth. You have been given the authority to use the name of Jesus. And it's at the name of Jesus that every knee should bow. Cancer had to bow. And I can go through the list. So we've got to learn, church. I'm turning another corner. Just wanted to tell you today not to be afraid of the giants. There's some real giants. And we're about to teach you how to go up against some real giants that have been holding back stuff in, 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 in your families and in your finances for generations. And you're going to have to deal with them. You're going to te- you're gonna have to get that devil out of there. Come on. You've got to get those demons free. You've got to get that thing loose. You've got you to go up against them. You can't do it with fear. He's given you a name that's above every name. And at that name, every knee should bow. Isn't that interesting? It should bow. That means, you know, under, under the, it depends. Something depends. Somebody say it should bow. Well, let me give you an example here. We've got to learn how to new, use the name of Jesus the right way. Because some of us have been using the name of Jesus and it ain't been working like, it, like it's supposed to. <laughs> Y'all going to help me today. In Acts chapter 19, verse 11 through 17. I'll pick up with this next week. God worked some unusual miracles by the hand of Paul so that the handkerchiefs and aprons were brought from his body to the sick. Diseases left people. Evil spirits went out of people. But then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. And also there were seven sons of Sceva, Jewish priests, who did this? And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? Let's say it like they say it in Detroit. Who the heck are you? Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them 
overpowered them and prevailed against them. And so they fled out of the house naked and wounded. This then became known to all the Jews and the Greeks in Ephesus. And fear fell on all of them that the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. I need you to let me teach you the good and the right way, faith family. Number one, you can't be afraid. But I'm about to show you from the Word of God how to use the name of Jesus to take possession. But there are certain situations, if you don't do this right, you can end up wounded. You can end up hurt. You can end up run out and turned around. But I'm here to tell you that if you let God teach you the good and the right way, no man shall be able to stand before you. No demon will be able to keep or hold back. Why? Because at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. In this particular story, they used the name of Jesus to exercise this devil out of this guy. But evidently, they didn't use it the right way. They were talking about the Jesus that Paul preached that was living over here, you know, like, but like they, like, come on somebody, they weren't using it the right way. And you don't want to go out half cocked trying to take possession. and You don't know how to use the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Stand up with me. Glory to God. In John chapter 14, come on, Uniqua, if you could. We're going to worship a little bit. I, I save time for you to worship a little bit. One of the keys that we use is worship. But the other key that we use <clears throat> is the name of Jesus. This is what Jesus said, and I'll pick up next week. He says it in John fourteen thirteen. He says, and whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, it will be done. He said, I will do it. Are you listening to me, Faith Family Church? We've got to take the time now. To learn how to use the name. So that we're not like the seven sons of Sceva. Using the name that Pastor Stan preached. Oh, I see a couple people got it over here. Come on. So that we're not like the seven sons of Sceva running up on the devil. Telling him to loose and let our loved one go. But we're using the name that Faith Family Church preached. And not the one that he has given unto us. Amen? Amen. So we've got to learn the name. If we could dim the lights. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus.